This is episode two of season three, Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, featuring Kathy Hanoon from Dandelion Energy. How did you come up with the name Dandelion? Why did you pick that for the company name? Well, a lot of heating and cooling companies have very literal names. So if we were to follow the common path, they would have been called Kathy and James's Heating and Cooling Company. <laughs> You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host, Barbara Lee. Hey Rebels, if you own your home, you probably know how expensive and energy-consuming it is to heat it during the winter and cool it during the summer. You're also probably aware of the different green energy options that you have, including buying green energy credits from wind and solar power. You're also probably home a lot more now than you used to be. Well, what if I told you that there was an even better way to manage your home climate and reduce your impact on the planet? Kathy Hanoon was an entry-level marketer at Google X, Alphabet's moonshot division, where the concept of making geothermal energy cost-effective for use in all homes started. After this, Kathy became the CEO of Dandelion Energy and spun off her own startup. Dandelion's mission is clear, bring sustainable geothermal heating and cooling systems to homes everywhere. Let's jump in so that Kathy can tell us all about Dandelion's mission, products, and how she wants to make sustainable energy a thing for everyone. Also, if you haven't already checked out Plain Products, they are sponsoring our season. By using the discount code TRASHY20, you get 20% off of your first order and 20% of proceeds from your order will go towards a carbon neutral project. This means that you will be making a double impact by purchasing from Plain Products, choosing zero waste products, and also reducing your carbon impact. Let's get trash talking. Hey, Kathy, welcome to Trash Talking. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, why don't you tell us who you are and what it is that you do? My name is Kathy Hanoon. I am co-founder and president of a startup called Dandelion. And Dandelion sells home geothermal heating and cooling systems. So these are renewable energy heating and cooling systems that homeowners can use instead of like natural gas or fuel oil or some of the fossil fuel alternatives out there. Yeah, that's super awesome. How did you get into that? I started Dandelion when I was still working as a product manager at Google X. So Google X is Google's moonshot division. Mm -hmm. It's the part of Google that tries to come up with science fiction sounding new business initiatives <laughs> for the company. And um, I had a really cool role there. I was really lucky to get to be on the team that tried to identify new opportunities for moonshots. Um, and I always focused on energy and climate because that's what I care most about. And my work on geothermal heat pumps started there. Um, and Dandelion actually was a spin out from my work at Google X. Wow. And kind of explain to us for maybe someone who doesn't really understand how does geothermal energy work? Absolutely. So the surface of the earth or just like the ground it absorbs a lot of heat every day just from the sun um, shining on the ground. And if you go, I would say, more than 10 or so feet underground, the temperature is always kind of lukewarm. It's always the same. It's more insulated from the fluctuations going on at the surface between summer and winter, for example. And that's why 
caves, for example, are always kind of lukewarm. Um, so geothermal heat pumps, they take that heat that's kind of just hanging out there under the surface of the earth and collect it, concentrate it. So they're sort of boosting the temperature. So it's not just lukewarm. It's actually, you know, warm enough to heat your home comfortably. Um, and then they circulate it throughout your house. And the way this works is actually there's something called a ground loop, which just really looks like a very long straw. Uh, it's about, um, an inch and a half in diameter, but extends 300 to 500 feet deep. And it circulates water throughout the ground and brings it back up and then sends it into a heat pump, which kind of looks like a furnace sitting in your home where your furnace used to be. Cool. And so how realistic is this for people to implement in their homes? It's extreme. One of the things I love about geothermal heat pumps is it's extremely realistic so in fact you know we're installing them every single day um, and you know hundreds and hundreds of people have switched to this for heating and cooling and the realism and just like the fact that this is ready is one of the things that really attracted me to the idea to begin with because I was interested in finding an opportunity where I could have an impact right now on the on climate change yeah well, why haven't people heard of it? I think, like, you know, we've kind of heard of, like, putting solar panels in our home by now. And I think, you know, there are some folks who live in cities and not owning their own homes um, who have tried to switch to renewable energy and kind of found that we had these really high power bills when we did. Um, so I'm kind of curious as to, like, why hasn't this been more readily adopted? That is the central question, I agree. <laughs> and really the reason is geothermal it has existed for decades and it mm -hmm. does work it's just been astronomically expensive so you know if you go to some of the wealthiest communities in the u.s like let's say the hamptons for example you see um you see quite a few geothermal heat pump systems but they are few and far between everywhere else because who really has that much money to spend on their heating and cooling equipment it's it's usually not um possible for most people to splurge in that part of their house. So the central mission of Dandelion is really just to make these systems so much cheaper and easier to install so that they really are a great um, option for a normal home. Well, since we're talking about costs, like what would this actually cost to implement in a home? A lot of our, so we, we either let homeowners buy up front, so they just purchase the system outright, or we let them pay nothing up front and pay monthly. This is analogous to solar um, and how people sell solar. So if a homeowner chooses they want to pay nothing up front and pay monthly, it costs about $130 a month for the system over its lifetime, which is about 20 years. And the nice thing about that option is that most homeowners in the Northeast are actually already paying more than $130 a month cooling. So it's right. A things right away. For homeowners that want to buy the system outright, it's about $20,000. Um, and that payback is very favorable, especially because you won't need to buy a new furnace or a new air conditioner. So for a lot of homeowners, especially if their equipment is already nearing end of life, it's like they can buy this system instead, and it pays off so quickly because the operating cost is such a small fraction of what it is to heat with fuel. 
That's awesome. And so this is very interesting. I think it like makes a lot of sense when you talk about using ge geothermal energy for heating because obviously it's already hot, but how does it work in a cooling system? Um, so the way that an air conditioner works is it's gathering heat from the inside of your house and sort of ejecting it into the outside air. And because of that, one of like the really unfortunate features of air conditioning systems is that they work least efficiently when it's hottest out because it's hard to eject heat into like 95 degree air. It's just like heat wants to go from hotter places to colder places, not in the opposite direction. Mm. So um, geothermal heat pumps are extremely efficient in cooling mode because they're doing the same thing as an air conditioner, but instead of rejecting the heat to the outside air, which fluctuates a lot over the course of the year, it's rejecting heat into the ground, which is like 50 degrees Fahrenheit. So it's a extremely, it's, you know, a lot more efficient than an air conditioner, especially on the hottest days. And that also has benefits for the grid as a whole, because a lot of the biggest challenges for the electricity grid are when everyone turns their air conditioner on at the same time and everyone's operating these very inefficient systems at the same time. So we're really helping with that problem as well. Cool. That's super awesome. And so I guess I'm a little curious as to how can we get the word out about these systems? Like how can we convince maybe like large apartment or building owners to like start implementing these as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that certainly just like the fact so few people even know about geothermal is one barrier and talking about it on, you know, podcasts like this one mm -hmm. is certainly a really important first step. Um, I also think, you know, I would encourage homeowners or building owners of any sort to just consider heat pumps, you know, like do the math. And if you're making a decision about heating um, systems in general, compare what it would be to run a heat pump instead of furnaces or instead of central AC, because I think oftentimes people are just surprised that the cost has come down so much and that it's actually less expensive to use renewable energy. Are there certain parts of the world, because my, my family lives in Las Vegas, and then I live in the Northeast, which obviously has two very different challenges during different parts of the year. Um, are there parts of the world where using geothermal energy is more realistic or more efficient than other parts? Absolutely. Because what geotherm like the core of what geothermal is doing is using the ground as just like a heat source and heat sink that moderates seasonal temperature fluctuations, um, meaning like this connection to the ground lets you cool very efficiently and heat very efficiently. The places where it makes the most sense are places that tend to have very hot summers and cold winters. Mm. So the North, the Midwest, parts of the West. Um, it makes less sense in a Mediterranean climate. Like you probably would not find geothermal makes a lot of sense in San Francisco because it's just... <laughs> Already, the air is always 60 degrees, so yeah. you don't need the ground, you know. Um, so that that's kind of, but in San Francisco, air source heat pumps would be a really good option. And those mm. are like air conditioners that can run in reverse and do air conditioning and heating. So there's still a renewable energy option. It's just probably not geothermal. Um, a place like Las Vegas, it offers its own type of interesting opportunity. So the limited resource there is water. Yep. And 
a lot of big buildings use cooling towers and they evaporate a lot of water for air conditioning in Las Vegas. Using the ground and using geothermal, there's actually an opportunity to be a lot more water efficient. So I think that's the type of interesting use case. It's a little bit unique, but would make more sense in Las Vegas. Cool. Kathy, why is this important to you? Like you said that you kind of got to moonshot and then you kind of focused on sustainability, but like what kind of sparked your interest in sustainability to begin with? Um, I was really lucky to grow up in a small town um, where the natural world was just a really big part of my life. So I spent a lot of time outside. I just you know, really valued the snowy, snowy, cold winters. I grew up in New Hampshire and then the beautiful falls. And, you know, it was just, I had this really idyllic experience growing up. And I think in our lifetime, even in my lifetime so far, we've already seen the natural world change, which is crazy from a historical point of view that we're actually witnessing this in our lifetimes. But I think I just... I feel that urgency and that sense of loss around both just losing the the seasons and the weather that I that I knew, but also the, the biodiversity and the habitat and just like, you know, what is more valuable about our world than those natural phenomena that we all get to enjoy as humans and now they're threatened. So it, I guess for all those reasons, it's just, um, it's felt like a very important issue right now. And I think also one that we can make a lot of progress against using science and technology. And I've always been drawn to science and technology. So when you think about all of the ramifications of a changing climate, it's just, you know, I can't think of a more useful way to spend my time in, in, in contributing to just solutions. Yeah. I'm curious as how how you got to Moonshot to begin with. As someone who's like worked in tech, I'm like fairly familiar with that project at Google. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of curious how you got to that point in your career. Yeah, that I would say was definitely a mixture of luck and <laughs> just trying to fin- finagle my way into a part of Google that was working on issues that I cared about, like climate change. But what happened was... Um, I was an entry-level marketer at Google at that time, and I was studying computer science as well. Um, And so I just met somebody who was hiring an entry-level marketer for X, and they appreciated that I was also studying computer science. So I had that sort of technical side to me as well. And um, they asked if I'd be interested. And of course I was interested, you know, it was like self-driving cars and all of this um, really interesting stuff going on. So unfortunately they needed to interview like right away for this position because they wanted to fill it right away. And I had already had plans to go on vacation with a friend to Hawaii. And so I ended up taking this one interview slot that was available And I was in Hawaii and had to rush back from the beach to do this interview. My hair was wet. I literally had sand on my face. It was like the least professional interview. And I had it with um, the head of X, Astro Teller. 
And little did I know at that time, but showing up to an interview with Astro, like straight from the beach covered in sand, it was probably the best um, impression I could have made <laughs> given the culture there. So that interview went went well enough to get me the job and um, and I got the opportunity to start working there. So it was, um, that's how it happened. I was just like, I was lucky to have this opportunity to get to start there as a pretty junior employee. Wow, super cool. How long were you there for? I was at X for about five years. Cool. And then how did the spinoff happen? Yeah, the spinoff. So the thing that I really love about X is it is very, um, it's, it's unstructured in a way that allows for innovation and creativity, which is kind of what you would expect given their mandate. But one part of that is there's no like set path for an idea or a project, you know, it's sort of like, depending on what the quote unquote moonshot is, it can advance and mature in different ways. Um, just like that fit what it is. And so I think for Dandelion, we became more and more sure that this effort would, it was right to start it in the Northeast because that's where the market is biggest to start. And it would involve installing, you know, ground loops in people's yards. <laughs> like it would probably be a pretty operationally intensive business. And all of those features of it made it not the best fit for Google or for Alphabet, I should say. Um, so we knew it wasn't really a natural fit within the Alphabet umbrella. And it also seemed to me like it you didn't need that much capital to get started and just like start iterating on this idea. And so for all those reasons, it looked like it made sense as a startup. Um, and that's why we ended up deciding to spin it out as a startup, even though for me personally, that was a very scary proposition, given that I had only worked really at Alphabet, which is not, it's like a very different experience than working yeah. at a startup. Yeah. Well, I commend you for that. Um, having worked at many, many startups <laughs> and now also at a bigger tech company, it is kind of a daunting task. Um, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in getting this uh, geothermal solution for their own homes? Great question. I would um, I'd be thrilled if people visited dandelionenergy.com. And there's a little questionnaire uh, on that site that you can take that takes five seconds that just sees if your house is a good fit for dandelion right now. And um also, you can reach out at hello at dandelionenergy.com. Cool. Tune in again next week for another small step that you can take towards fighting climate change. Stay green, Rebels. Season 3 of Trash Talking with Eco Warriors is sponsored by Plain Products. Plain Products is a zero-waste personal care company that uses refillable aluminum bottles. Their shampoos, soaps, and oils are toxin-free and vegan, so they're good for you and good for the planet. Visit the link in the show notes or go to plainproducts.com, that's P-L-A-I-N-E products.com and use promo code TRASHY20 to get 20% off your first order of zero-waste shampoos, conditioners, and hand sanitizer. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more Trash Talking with Eco Warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Trashy Beauty Co.